Digital Gonzo, episode 84, dated Sunday the 24th of June 2012, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. What came out? I don't know! Hold on! The town was completely overrun. What's the army's evacuation plan? This is the last of seven reviews of the Alien movies and five Predator ones. Man, am I sick of these series. Again, if you want to know what we thought of those, do check them out because we are now at the bottom of the heap and it may be that there will never be a worse example from either franchise. Neil Taylor of Game Burst and KDS 2.0 is back, spitting acid and screaming. A lot. Screaming a lot. Leah Haydu of GamerDork has her smart gun handy. Always. Every every time. Matt Ramsey of Dork Tunes. Pulse Rifle is ready to rock. Absolutely. Joshua Garrity of Kane and Rinse is already growling and extending his cannon. I have a copy of the DVD here, ready to burn. Sharon Shaw of Gonzo Planet has fired up her flamethrower of rage. <laughs> oh, yes. And James Perkins of Geekwad just yanked out his last grenade. Give me some of that blue goo to pour on the Blu-ray. Aliens vs. Predator. You bought the Blu-ray. Yeah, the Blu-ray double pack collector's box set for a tenner. Oh, look. Okay, Mitch, I did the same thing. <laughs> could you please sell that on, on Amazon for me? It would make me feel better that you got a few quid back for it. <laughs> okay. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem is the direct result of fans of both franchises complaining about the PG-13 rating of the first film. The studio did their calculations and figured out that the amount of those complainers that they would retain if they made an R-rated sequel would be equal or greater than the amount of children they would lose by such an endeavour. They knocked a third off the original budget and set the brothers Strauss, a pair of effects guys who had never directed before, to work on directing duties. They would later on squat down and shit out a film named Skyline, which with its 16% freshness rating on Rotten Tomatoes is still 4% fresher than this rancid turd of a cap on the Alien franchise. Shane Salerno, writer of Shaft and Armageddon, got his crayon working and the script was ready in minutes. David Pearl, cinematographer behind Pathfinder and Captivity, two films that appear to be shot entirely in the dark, was also on board, along with a cast of talentless nobodies. There was literally no way this project could fail to yield a landmark outing in sci-fi cinema, up there with the film that first inspired the Brothers Strauss, apparently, Terminator 2. First off, I'm just going to talk about the essential fallacy of the R rating within the UK. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem in the UK is uh, 15. Aliens vs. Predator AVP is uh, 15. It makes no fucking difference to us. 
the same group of people could still go and see the same films in the UK. So we don't care that this is an R-rated film. It's obvious which one's clearly a lot bloodier, and, you know, they certainly do make sure that it's an R-rated film. But effectively, the same crowd could get into the same movie. You wouldn't be able to get 12-year-old kids in to see the original AVP in this country, because the BBFC are not mental. Matt, I seem to remember you mentioning during the Predator 2 show that the space jockey skull was uh, on the Predator's skull rack. Um, there is a space jockey skull in the skull collection in AVPR. I'm not sure how accurate that is now, considering Prometheus, but no spoilers. There's a lot of us. <laughs> and a lot of us have got a lot to say about this film. I don't even know where to start. I've done my thing already. I will just briefly give you a plot outline. I haven't written this down, so just off the top of my head... At the end of AVP, the predator who took his mask off like an idiot and got infected with a, by a face hugger, um, his corpse is on board the predator ship. It bursts open, and a hybrid alien predator called the Predalien gets out. It goes nuts, tears the ship apart. The ship flies. I mean, the ship appears to fly off of a mothership, which is around Saturn, and fly back to Earth for no reason, and then it crashes on Earth. Yeah, I couldn't work that bit out because we get... And isn't that before the alien turns up? A little ship comes out and I'm not sure which which ship it's... Uh, it's clearly on the, the, the... Is that little ship meant to be the one from the first one that sort of dropped them off? I don't know. I, I know I, that if you're travelling from Saturn to Earth and it takes only a few hours, then you're going so fast that your ship would vaporise the second it hits the planet. It wouldn't still be intact. It couldn't still be intact. You're going so fast you may punch a hole in the planet. You may, in fact... I mean, basically, that would then act as a meteorite, which would maybe destroy America. Would it not? I mean, that I'm would be an entirely that. different... Well, it's not like the creators of this uh, film, uh, if I they may use that term... Are you... Um, <laughs> are you about to let them off, uh, Really pay attention to any kind of realism? Things like physics... I mean, that's the least of the problems with this film, but that's the first thing. Well, actually, no, you've got a point, because later on, yeah. the, the, the two hunters that sort of, I don't want to say witness, but hear the ship crash, I suppose it takes them, what, a few hours to walk there, and there's no fire? No um, trail of debris from it? I mean, it just looks like it fell out of maybe 30 feet out of the sky. It just went... Blech. Blech. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and it's still mostly intact, and all the facehuggers get out and get the hunters. Anyway, um, oh, moving on. Okay, right, so a dad and his kid, his little kid, come across this uh, alien ship and get facehugged. And the brother Strauss go, oh yeah, we went there. We facehugged the kid. Deal with it. And the audience did. And then the father and kid wake up and burst open, and this child... You know, child dies for our amusement. And, uh, yeah, well done. Um, and various aliens get out. I'm a horror movie fan, right? Yeah. So I've been watching horror movies from the 80s and onwards. Mm. There's certain unwritten rules of horror movies. There are certain rules! You get, like, Jamie Kennedy and Scream. No, no, no. These are uh, sort of the weird, odd, unwritten rules. You know, everyone knows those ones, but there's certain... Certain out-of-bounds characters? Yes. Yeah. Usually, children... Babies. Uh, babies. And, and uh, disabled, usually. There's two exceptions that I know of, one being Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, one of them being one of the Friday 13th. But kids, 
are a no-no. And pregnant women, basically, if you start killing them, you're, you're liable to only attract a certain ghoulish teenage boy crowd. I think the yeah. essence of it is those groups of people are, in real life, ridiculously vulnerable anyway. To put them in a uh, very vulnerable situation in a horror movie is A, redundant, and B, unutterably mean-spirited. Uh, having said that, a kid dies in Jaws, and it's an important plot point. Jaws the, isn't... Yeah, but Jaws is fantastic. But... <laughs> no, Jaws is fantastic. It's, it's brilliant, but it's mm. not a horror movie by any stretch. Yeah, no. I, I, you mm. don't You're not meant to be cheering every time the shark grabs something. Christ, no. No. That's the secret. Okay, yeah. But no, the, the whole point is that that child's death is actually one of the, the main um, things that sets off uh, all, all the problems in Amity. And, uh, uh, the, exactly. The so it's, it's narrative. The catalyst, yeah, totally. Okay, this this so, yeah. child's death, it happens, and then they move on. No one mentions it ever no again. They only kill the child so they can go, hey, dude, we totally killed a child. Yeah, it's done It's done for the shock value. Um, there's a bad trend with horror movies now, uh, where the shock value and certainly the mean-spiritedness of certain franchises, Hello, Saw. Uh, Hello, it, Human Centipede. <laughs> You want to talk about shock value, dude? Shock. All right. I I want to mention a movie. Yep. I don't want people to go and look this movie up. I really don't want you to watch this movie. Okay. It's called a Serbian film. Oh God. Yep. Yeah, no. I unfortunately know way too much about this already. I know far too much as well. If you want to see the peak of shock value, that is it. Do not watch this movie. Do not even look it up. Do not give the creators any form of credit. And their excuse was, it's a political statement. Which I if you know. actually read up what happens in it, you're like, no, no, it's not. No. <laughs> no. That's not a political statement on anything. That's just a nasty teenage boy scribblings. As for the human centipede, I can't speak for two, but for one, I think it's more the idea that grosses people out. <laughs> I... I the it's, idea is enough, Neil. Some of us have very vivid imaginations. <laughs> I, 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 I was leaving it there. Trust me, I wasn't going to carry on. I, I actually found the human centipede a tad more entertaining <laughs> and inventive than this. That's because the... I can't remember his name, but the guy who's playing the crazy doctor is bloody entertaining being... So, I mean, we're not even off the first ten minutes. So this alien hybrid, don't forget the Predalian folks, um, uh, Predalian things goes out and then some more facehuggers get to some tramps and some tramps burst open and I believe aliens are in the sewers. It's so poorly lit that I'm not sure if they're aliens or shadows or maybe tramps or predators. I don't know, but there are some things in the sewers and people are dying. Talking about the sewers... Because um, there are no characters in this film at all. They're just mm. people that you want to die. The only mm. person I feel sorry for, really, is the homeless guy and his dog. Mm. Those are the genuine, the only people in this film that I feel sorry that they die. The rest of them couldn't give a crap. Yeah. Which you're supposed to. They are written. Yeah. So specifically, like, there's this sort of a... Um, like a... <sighs> I know, oh, I... Uh, a cheap teen drama type thing going on with yes. Ricky and his the girly lights. Stupid and... teen love story, still better yeah. than Twilight. Pants but, uh, chick. <laughs> well, Pants chick, yes. you know, I know I'm jumping ahead a bit, but when, when the titillation, shall we call it, dies, I cheered. I actually did raise a guffaw at that point. Yeah, that <laughs> actually did make me laugh. It was kind of funny. So, yeah. yeah. 
Josh, so unceremoniously. It's just such a didn't see that coming. Which I actually think the trailers gave that away. I think. Oh, okay. All all the actors are just there to cash the check. Mm. Well, there are actors. They're human beings. They even try for a Ripley analog with that military lady, who I think you're not supposed to hate. Especially, yeah. they specifically seem to have hired that guy who plays her husband because he looks like Michael Biehn. And that girl's like, Mommy, the monster is gone. Yeah, oh, I see what you did there. Mm, clever. Mm. This is one of the worst lit films I've ever seen. Or not seen. Or not seen. (laughs) Yeah. My my eyes really, really hurt after watching this film. I'm not sure I can claim to have seen Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I don't think any of us... It never never happened. I couldn't see what was I I turned up the the brightness and it was just a a big mess of grey instead. So it didn't make any difference. You can say what you will. Say what you will about Resurrection and AVP. At least those films are shot well. Like, the cinematography's decent, and the lighting's decent, but this film is incompetently filmed. Like, <laughs> it's like a B-movie. It's it's just incompetent. Like, there's nothing to... Re- Sorry, I'm ga- I, I'm about to go off on a rant about okay. this film. Actually, literally- no, I've got a place for you to rant, so Josh, okay. I'm giving you your floor now. Go for it. There is nothing to recommend about this film whatsoever. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no little... It's not like Alien 3 where there's like little nuggets of goodness that you can, you you know, take from it. Even Alien Resurrection is so dumb. It's so dumb that you can extract some level of joy of taking the piss out of how dumb it is. This film is just incompetently terrible like there's been no research done into like the scientific accuracy of anything that goes on like how the fuck does a helicopter fly away from a nuclear explosion how does that happen nuclear (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry but it is (laughs) 
How the hell does a helicopter fly away from a nuclear? We know what you mean. It's just, it baffles me, the science in this film and the, the storytelling logic. Oh, like, there is no science in this film, Josh. It's just, what, what is the Predator doing? Like, he comes down like, oh, I'm going to clear up the alien mess. I'm just going to, um, you know, sort it out and uh, clear it. And then I'm going to skin a human as if I'm the Predator from the first one for no reason. Yeah. Just dispatch the humans because they've seen you. Don't don't consider them trophies. And it, there's uh, a collateral damage. He's supposed to be, just so you know, guys, he is the wolf predator. He is Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. He is there to sort out the mess. But I hardly think Mr. Wolf would just basically go in and kill everyone involved. First, you know, as if there, if there were no possibility of getting around it. I don't know how, uh, if there was maybe a possibility of getting around that from just total butchery. And if he is clearing up the situation, why isn't he doing it like every other Predator does in every other Predator movie? The bomb on the bracelet, like every other Predator does? I mean, the humans nuke the area afterwards anyway, and I'm assuming Predator tech is more powerful than a nuclear bomb. So it would just, like it would do the same job as that nuclear bomb and it seemed effective. So why get this blue goo out and just methodically destroy the evidence, like, really slowly? Uh, you clearly don't care about the humans' lives, so why why do you care about, like, methodically removing the evidence? It's Actually, just... that's a good point. He, he sets off the gauntlet on the ship, right? But it doesn't actually raise the entire town. It just sort of takes out the... Fo- Does it take out the forest? It implodes the ship, doesn't it? Implodes yeah, the ship. But it's only a small one, isn't it? Yeah. He d- I mean, he, surely, he... Why didn't... Why doesn't... If he is just there to sort out the situation, just bring a nuclear device with him and blow up the entire town and then leave. No aliens, no predator, no humans, just that's it. If that's really what he's there to do. Bring a nuke with him. Isn't that what that wrist thing does in, oh, every other Predator movie? Yeah. But no, he goes in there like a detective, and a really shit detective at that. As I tweeted, CSI, Predator Division. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Siffy Blue Goo. Because I wasn't calling it Sci-Fi Blue Goo. Okay. Selective Blue Goo that only burns organic material as well, supposedly. And or just whatever he wants to burn. Because when the he pours- first Selective Goo from this series. Well, yeah. Um, but, like, he pours it in the pool, and the pool's fine. Like, it Actually, stop. that bit made me go, wait a second. That bit he... made you go, wait a second? Just that oh, bit? Lots of bits. Lots of bits. Go, wait a this bit actually really does defy physics, because... And it's actually quite simple. He pours that blue goo in the water, and then all of the water evaporates. Right? That would leave a poison gas cloud of chlorine throughout that center so that when the cops go in afterwards they would immediately go and die straight away but it doesn't where did the chlorine go where did every other chemical in that pool go why were the soldiers like a couple of feet away from a nuclear explosion with radiation intense enough to kill you instantly what you're just going to have to say big from now on, Josh. Okay. <laughs> or an N explosion. <laughs> you say nuke. A, a nuke, nuke. yeah. There a nuke. 
Snook. Actually, can I ask a question? Mitch, you bought it on Blu-ray. I this did. film is, is so poorly lit, so you got really high-definition darkness. Yes, really high-definition <laughs> darkness, I did, yeah. And uh, I, I was... My eyes were burning. It's like I had alien blood in my eye sockets. And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. Everything about it is just terrible. It's even worse than Resurrection. It's one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. And I've watched... I watch stuff like Resident Evil, which isn't very um, well. You well, straight out love the Resident Evil. Films. I do love the Resident because they're fun. I enjoy them because they're fun. They're not the best pieces of cinema ever, and I fully admit that. Yeah, exa- exactly. But I, I, I watch them day of release, at cinema and Blu-ray and whatever, because they're fun. But this. Nothing about it is fun. Nothing about it is good. Well, actually, the, the best thing about it was the fact that there was uh, loads and loads of pews. And that's there about were. it. I actually didn't feel the least bit of shock at any point. No, they were just so throwing, they were they were just throwing that, they were just throwing the sound effects in when the aliens were right. turning up and getting blown away. Uh, but yeah, it still doesn't save the film from being god awful. Matt, you were raging about it before we started. Anything? <laughs> this was the first time you saw it, Matt. So Yeah, I watched it specifically for this podcast because I'm a goddamn martyr to the cause and I really wish I hadn't bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up. I, I watched it all the way through to the end-ish. I had to check on Wikipedia what happened at the end because I'd fucking forgotten. I just wasn't paying any attention. It's rubbish. It just... Utter bollocks! It's complete bollocks from start to finish. <laughs> There's just nothing to. Josh is right. There's nothing to recommend this film. I actually hate it less than AVP. I'm not entirely sure why. I think it's because this isn't even trying to be anything other than explosions and shit. And AVP is and falls massively short. But it's God Almighty! It's a bad film. See, I can't see that. I can't it doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to that. To I just, for whatever reason, hate it less. standards and having a dream and being shit at what you do is, is more of a, of a crime and makes the film worse than not giving a shit and just putting the film out anyway. Logically, I agree with you, but for some reason... Maybe it's because I wasn't paying as much attention to AGPR. We uh, watched it back-to-back. Um, Leah, the... Trooper watched both again for the second time, so I didn't have to watch them alone. So yeah, uh, thank you for that. Through a lot of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think possibly I just stopped watching the second one early enough that it didn't really bother me. I don't know, but oh god, it's awful. Lean to your left. Okay. Lean to your right. Right. Lean to your left. Uh oh. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's your right. Oh damn it. Okay. Lean to your right. What about you? Hey, you got it right. Okay, Meepwa, that's good. I'll never get tired of hearing that. Now, what's this over here? That's a toe. No, I mean, is it left or is it right? Well, it's a toe. And it's right over there. Think back to your song. The song, remember? What song? What the hell? Oh, watch this. Donna's about to tell Carlos she got breast cancer. Oh, wait, 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 watch this. He needs this for the channel. Wait, this is boring. Don't watch this. What? Why does he keep changing channels? It don't matter. I watch anything that's on there. Oh, wait, look at this here. This dude's going to squeeze that boy till blood comes out of his eyes. Oh, damn, you see that? That's a mature situation. Well, you ain't watching this. Wait, 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 what are you doing? Go back. Yeah, and turn it up, too, all the way. 
The Predalien. Let's talk about this one right now. The, the, the massive difference between the Predalien and the regular aliens. Okay, right. The Predalien has dreadlocks. Okay, so now the next part of this is going to be a discussion about... No, actually, the Predalien, aside from having dreadlocks, has a number of other things. It has mandibles as well as an alien jaw. Um, it is slightly bigger. Um, it has a slightly different rule, and it has a hatred for pregnant women and the ability to create multiple aliens in their wombs via oral administration of enormous eggs. Now, okay, let me show you something, Brother Strauss. Women are not tubes. You can't put one thing in one end, and if you keep going down that esophagus long enough, you'll come out the other. It's, it's not like that. Um, the womb isn't connected to the mouth in, in any way. There, there is no way you could get an egg down there. Oh my god! I've just realised what it is. The people who made this film are too young to have had the proper birds and the bees talk, so they think babies grow in their mother's stomachs. When mummy and daddy kiss and he put the baby in her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, it all makes so much more sense now. For the uninitiated who have not seen this film and well done, the pred alien is sort of part facehugger because it can it can attach its face to yours and then you go. Oh, and then your neck goes oonk, 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 as it basically shits eggs into your mouth and they go down your esophagus and into your insidey parts and then it specifically only does this to multiple pregnant women pregnant women and the aliens burst out of their wombs out of their bulging pregnant stomachs and it's three at once Four, actually, I think I counted yeah, them slithering along the floor. So, so, so basically, it's like you know, this is what we call like a, a multiple egg deal for each one. Possibly because they're like super fertile or something, but more likely just because that was the nastiest, sickest, shittiest thing that that penis who wrote this film could think up. Well, I think the implication is supposed to be that the um, the, the implanted embryos feed on the fetus. Well, okay, <clears throat> so, so yeah, they, they burst out of their stomachs, and actually you specifically pointed out that when the alien sort of pushes its face up against the curtain and the pregnant woman goes, oh no, it's basically a rape scene, it, you know, it bears down on her and then shoves its cock in her face and, and you know, rapes her and then and she bursts out, and you also said that it was, and this is way more psychological than I think they were even thinking, it's, uh, it preys on man's fear that uh, if your woman sleeps with another man, his sperm will oust your offspring. Yeah. That makes so much more sense than anything in this movie does. I, I, <laughs> oh, I, 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 good observation. I, I think I'm overthinking it. Oh, you are way yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think they were going that far. Can I say again? Most likely just the nastiest, shittiest thing <laughs> that... Uh, what was his that, name? Is, that is, however, a very lucid and thoughtful point. Yeah. Shane Salermo, a writer of Shaft and Armageddon, who considers women to be Shafts. I was going to say, I think generally the, the, the real psychological lead behind it was just whoever planned this has no regard for the female of the species whatsoever. 
The alien bursting out of your chest is terrifying enough. It didn't need dialing up to 12. As we pointed out in the original Alien, it is irrespective of gender. It is irrespective of, of what your place is in the species. It's something that could happen. Effect- effectively, doing it to the kid is more of an, okay, this is terrifying, and it can even affect kids. That was kind of like, you know, it was over the line, but you could just be like, oh, dude, they killed the kid. But this is... I, th- this actually tries to introduce a new science to it. Uh, and, uh, and a fucked up science with it. It's just like, what, what are you doing? Well, if it actually, if the original chest bursting um, action was supposed to represent uh, a, a male or masculine fear of pregnancy and childbirth, then by transferring that back onto pregnant bitches where it belongs. Get it away from us. We don't want to have to think about it happening to us. <laughs> that might actually be sort of part of that as well. Oh, dude. You know what? I, I think in some twisted way that might actually be right. Oh, my God. Okay, so enough of that. Um, Neil, do you want to go? <laughs> You're expecting me to do a Transformers-style rant, aren't you? I am. I've got my, my sound effects button at the ready. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you. Oh, man. Okay. This... Transformers made me angry in that over-the-top kind of way. This doesn't make me angry. I, I tweeted that, you know, this scene is hateful and mean-spirited. It's mm. disturbing, upsetting. But not in, a, not in a cleverly crafted way, right? There's just no talent. There's no skill. I actually find this depressing that people... I know people were cheering at that scene. I, I just... What? Yeah. Okay. I just find it actually depressing. I, ha- I can't rage against it. It's that disgusting and horrible to me. I, I can't... There's no bile. It's just like... I, I'm sh- one, I'm shocked they made it into the movie. Two, what the fuck were the, the board of Fox thinking? You know... Surely they saw dailies and saw this come in. What the hell? This is the worst kind of filmmaking. I can appreciate that, you know, we do need to push boundaries sometimes. Some movies do that. Uh, and the best movies are the ones that do it well. And you you can have very violent movies. I mean, there is a whole subgenre that is based on revenge, uh, rape revenge. Not a kind of movie that I want to watch. You know, it's... And I've mentioned that. Sorry, yes. Neil, can I just interject there um, yeah. on your point? Is The thing is, I agree with you. I think films do need to explore dark subject, but they need to explore them with purpose and with a level of taste. This film just does it because it's metal, because it's badass. Please don't say that. Sad, Being a metal pathetic. fan, that, that, that hurts you saying that. But you know what I mean, like yeah. the, the heavy metal art imagery kind of thing. It, like, Even that pages. has more subtlety and decency than yeah. this film. You know, this is how, how this movie hurts. I don't actually have the words. I just don't. It's beyond me that someone wrote that in a script, someone read it and went, that's the scene for us. We're going to have the pretty alien go into the, you know, the ward and just slaughter all these pregnant women. And I half wonder... Make sure he rapes them first. And I half wonder, because before that, we get a scene of the newly born babies and the fucking alien there. And the I don't... showering down or about to. Yeah. What the fuck just doesn't 
even do it just as that's how bad this is i can rant about transformers i just this hurts my soul in a way that it shouldn't what the actual fuck yeah (laughs) the scene with the with the looking through the window at the babies actually really confused me because it's never been established at any point. I think we touched on this briefly when we were talking about um, uh, possibly resurrection. The aliens do not appear to eat, at least not human flesh. When they kill and take humans, it's not as a food source, at least not for themselves. Now, if the was it is it the it is the predalien that's looking at the nursery, isn't it? Not the predator. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Predalien. What purpose would that possibly serve? None. It's done for sure. When, when wild animals go after the young of a herd, it's because they're easy to catch because they're going to eat them. That doesn't apply here. No. Nope. The only, uh, even referring it to animals, uh, I think it's lions. When a new a new male takes over, he may kill the cubs. Doesn't apply to this situation. Yeah, but the purpose of that, again, there is a purpose behind it. It's to ensure that any offspring that the lionesses have are his and therefore are less likely to challenge him as they get older. They're more likely to leave um, rather than try and take over from him. Yeah. I think the Pred uh, pred Alien is the reincarnation of Hitler. Um, (laughs) It's just... (laughs) That makes yeah, more narrative sense than the rest of the film. Yes. <laughs> no, no, because then I you're spoiling. Come out with that. That would have been so awesome. Yeah, but that's, that's spoiling my the only good Adam Sandler movie. Yes, I just said that. Little Nicky, because uh, Hitler's in hell having a pineapple shoved up his ass by Harvey Keitel, <laughs> who interestingly is Mr. Wolf. Oh God. Interestingly, there we go. It's actually him. Because basically, yeah, that is, it ends up Harvey Keitel versus Hitler on the roof. What a weird image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Someone um, needs bef- to make a cartoon of that. Before we move on, I'm just going to ha- air Mark Kermode's views on this fine piece of work. Alien versus Predator. Requiem. No, Aliens. Versus Predator. Requiem. That doesn't sound like a, a, a fair matchup. No. <laughs> really? Years Lots of aliens against one Predator. You know, the, but there's more than one. It, it, there's, here's how Why it works. It no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, okay, wait. Here's the plot. Yes. Here's the plot. Okay. You know, years ago we had Alien, right? And it was slow and it was, it was thoughtful. We had characters that you cared about. They're all kind of middle-aged and they're up in space and stuff happens. And by the time the really bad stuff happens, you really care about them, you know, the characters. So when the thing bursts out of John Hurt's chest, wow, I really care because it's John Hurt. And it's designed by H.R. Giger and it's directed by Ridley Scott, who's a fine artist. And it's written by, you know, writers that actually understand their craft and it takes its time. Now we fast forward, whatever it is, 25 years. And we have the Alien franchise. We go with Alien Aliens which is good, Alien 3 pants, although messed up by the studio, and then uh, Alien Resurrection, which is not as bad as everybody thought. Meanwhile, Predator, which was always rubbish, Predator 2, which was super rubbish, then Alien versus Predator in the kind of King Kong versus Godzilla way. Now, Aliens versus Predator begins with a shot of the Predator with its chest burst open, out of which has come an alien, which has taken on some of the qualities of the Predator, therefore making it into a Predalien. Da da. So the predalien. Yeah, a predalien. And the predalien. Aliens versus predator and predalien. And predalien. And the predalien is basically an alien with dreadlocks. Isn't that a prog band that toured with Focus? 
I think it was, yes, and I think the basis from the Yardbirds was in them. So, here's the main differences, right? Firstly, where the other one had middle-aged characters we care about, this is just a bunch of young people, some of them running around in their pants, don't care about any of them. Secondly, it's all shot in that way, which uh, the BBFC said that it's a violent film, but they gave it a 15 because it's all so fast-paced that you can't really see what's going on, and that's absolutely true. You can't see what's going on, and when you can see what's going on, you don't care what's going on anyway. You don't care about any of these people, where they live or die. Actually, you're more interested in, in how the Predalien got its hair cut, how that mutation worked. Thirdly, at the end of the movie, they attempt to tie up the time scale of this movie with the time scale of Alien, which just leaves you sitting there going, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, and that character isn't called that, and what's he doing there? Fourthly, there is this just nuts thing when the, the original film throws back to things like Mario Barber's Planet of the Vampires and It the Terror from Beyond Space and it draws on the you know the drawings and the paintings of Giga and it's you know it's, it has a, a, a Hodorowsky legacy this is essentially based on a video game it's a Hodorowsky legacy yeah you know Alejandro Hodorowsky can you, can you define that briefly yes it's if you imagine well Hodorowsky was at, was at one point going to do Dune Right. The science fiction movie Dune. And that was, I think, how Giga first got involved in the process. Right, so the Hodorowsky legacy would be... Would be that it's, it's to do with advanced, grown-up science fiction for people who have brains. Fine. As opposed to thicko video game science fiction for people, for people who, incidentally, the first movie is so much about male fear of pregnancy, and it's got this incredibly complicated sort of ecosystem about how the alien works out. This movie is made by people who seem to think that the throat is directly connected to the womb. Now, I'm sorry, did you not do Anatomy 101? Do you so, think that might be missed by most people? Do you think everyone... I think the target audience of it wouldn't know. I think they... Is that not true? I'm really surprised. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. And it's just noisy, badly shot rubbish. Leah, we haven't heard from you much on this. Because I'm busy drinking and crying in a corner. Um, so, here's... Yeah, seriously. Um... Yeah, fuck that, get your own. Um, yeah, so, I, I did not realize this until Matt and I were maybe ten minutes into the movie. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I had. Um, so, I don't know whether I would have been more or less likely to watch it again if, I'd, or if I hadn't already seen it. But, like, I would start to remember things. It was kind of like PTSD. Like, I... I, I must have blocked this out somehow because it was that bad. Because I had, up until that point, no clue. I had no idea that I'd seen this before. I thought that I was going into this fresh, that I didn't know what I was going, that I was, what I was in for here. And, and it was, you know, it, it was just going to be a bad movie. And then I started remembering that I had seen it before. And it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Why was I watching this again? It's because of journalistic integrity, that's why. You took one for the team. I did take one for the team. <laughs> you, I hope you motherfuckers appreciate this. I, I've watched I, it twice now. Shared pain to, is halved. Pain. We need to make a pact to uh, eternal spotless mind this film. Yes, I, I think that's a <laughs> great idea. Let it be stricken from everyone's memories. Yeah. Um, I know, somebody has to remember for us that we've all seen it so that we don't accidentally watch it again. Yeah, Alex, I'm sorry, man, but it's I your podcast, it. so... Uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. I am cursed to forever have this DVD. Yep. Right. Um, Actually, it's interesting what you said earlier, Matt, about actually preferring this to uh, the original AVP. I've mentioned... No, 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 no. I hated this less. It's very specific. Okay. You said... I think you said you love AVPR, you hate AVP. Is that right? (laughs) Is that a direct quote? You said you loathe AVPR, yes. You loathe AVPR, (laughs) but you hate AVP. 
Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I have... Yeah, only because it relates to uh, what something I've mentioned Paul Shotton said on the show. He actually prefers AVPR because it caught him on a day when he was just in the right mood for it. Uh, he found it stupid and horrible enough to be funny. What, I, I don't know what mood he was in at the time, but he, he found AVP utterly stupid and boring, and at least this made him go, <laughs> occasionally, which I think to him <laughs> means he rates it more. He doesn't want to see either of them again. He doesn't even really want to dispute which is better and which is worse. It's, it's roughly akin to saying which is a better or worse wasting disease to him. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But but it's important to note that to a, a few people, a lot of whom might be listening right now, there is ever so slightly more merit in this a- AVPR than there is in AVP. Um, just so you know, Matt, you're not entirely alone on that one. In your love of AVP. <laughs> <laughs> people will start to believe this. Yeah. Um, yeah Paul was worried about that too. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to clear both. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure I cleared Paul's name. Paul doesn't think AVPR is good in any way, but he also doesn't think AVP is good in any way. And he only ever said AVPR made him laugh in reaction to me going, I kind of preferred AVP. And it was a pointless discussion to have the multiple times we've had it. But here we go. We can finally put this bad boy to rest. Anything else on the film? Oh, the Miss Yutani bit at the end kind of made me go, oh, that's clever. Yeah, that was probably the high point of the film. Yeah. Mitch. Actually, she knew it was about to finish. Yeah, the end yeah. of the film, yeah. It's over! Oh, thank fuck for that! It's a bit where, like, the Ripley character get, get, you know, is, is asked, are the monsters gone, mummy? And she goes, yes, and looks up at the sky in a kind of, are they gone kind of way. You're like, what? She, what's she doing? But unfortunately, dear, we're going to have tumours from the high levels of radiation we've just been exposed to and die. Painfully. The There's end. No but not as painfully as if you had to continue watching the movie. Uh, I mean, this is the bright side. a strong contender for one of the worst films I've ever seen, actually. I mean, I've got a list. It's probably about 50 long, and this one's way up the top. Is Rain of Fire on that know? list? Because that's mine. I prefer Rain of this. Although Batman and Robin is actually... Oh, God. That, that's pretty awful. Oh. I'd rather watch Batman and Robin. I would, too. Eternally. But, but damn. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about eternally. Don't make me choose. It's like one of the seven punishments. <laughs> what method of having your fingernails pulled out would you prefer? <laughs> so, towards the end of the film, they say the line, get to the chopper. It is it's the best line in the movie, is yeah. get to the chopper. <laughs> and, I th- and I don't think they realised why it's funny. Because I don't think it's put in there because, oh, that's a reference to Predator. No, it's not. It's just there. And you just hear it go, oh, God. You get to the chopper. No, it just goes get. No, it just the guy. Just I think it's Dallas. Wow, I remembered a name. Dude's name is Dallas. I think it is. Which one? Oh, I refer to him as Man A. It's the, I have referred it's to Ricky's them. brother. Oh shit! Who's Ricky? Ricky's <laughs> well, a stupid pizza delivery kid. It's okay, Man B. Okay, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember Dallas because it's Dallas, but I I didn't remember anybody else's name. To be honest with you. I refer to them as Ricky, Chicky, Pricky, and Sticky. Chick's <laughs> Jesse, I know that much. Jesse was Chicky. Oh. And yeah. Sticky was the one who kept putting his hand in sticky substances. It <laughs> was all of them, wasn't it? <laughs> and then there was there, there was uh, Hacky Sack who got his face burned off. I don't know. I was, I was watching that the bit where they 
I think it was like the ninth time somebody had put their hand in Alien Girl. I was like, for God's sake, a pen! Use a pen! You don't know that's not going to burn your hand off! Um, I put, in my notes I put, some things happen in the dark, tramps are involved. I don't know what happened at that point, but yeah. That's pretty much a good example, a good description of the first third of the movie. Uh, let's just be done with the movie. Say, is that a really poor Saturday night out? Okay, the the box office. Uh, there's an interesting discrepancy between the, uh, the seven Alien films. You got Alien, which made 104 million. That only cost 11 million dollars. That's 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 done pretty well. Aliens cost 18.5 million, made 131. So it made more than Alien uh, because it's it's just generally it would appeal to a broader audience. Uh, Alien Three cost 50 million. So what, nearly five times what the first one did, and uh, only made 159 million. So that's when they should basically have gone, right, this franchise is now finished, and they should then have stopped making alien films. And then that way now we could maybe get an alien prequel, or they could maybe make Prometheus now and start it again, that we could probably have done without Resurrection, AVP, and AVPR. We just didn't need them. Uh, Resurrection, 70 million, made 161. Still, actually, it cost 20 million more than Alien 3 and only made 2 million more. So, it, it's like, at that point, they got the message and stopped doing straight out Alien films. So then, when they thrashed out AVP, they knocked it out for 10 million less, 60 million, and it made 172 million because of the child friendly audience figures. AVPR cost $40 million, made $128 million, which is less than, uh, uh, you know, inflation adjusted is less than any of the predecessors. Um, and here is the thing that is really depressing. Um, District 9 cost $30 million. That's $10 million less than this film. That is, that is just mind-boggling. I can't get my head and around District that. 9 is a oh. bloody good film. It is indeed. Check out the GeekWad episode of uh, the District 9 review. Shameless yes, look. Because that's District... the thing. You get talented people to actually get involved in your project. You mm. don't have to fling money at it. 
you just let them do their thing and they produce good content. If you're getting competent turds to make a film, they make a very unimpressing, uh, unimpressive turd of a film. Yeah. And yet they still got to make Skyline after that, because technically AVPR made a profit. I think Skyline was actually one that they funded themselves. Really? I think. I, I, hope, they lost, I hope they lost a phenomenal amount of money and they will never direct again. Here's what I know about Skyline. The dude from Scrubs is in it. Which, well... The, uh, uh, Donald, yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy from Dexter is in it as well. Um, Which the, one? <laughs> the, the, the guy who wears the, fedor- the fedora. Um, oh, oh Batista. Oh, Angel? Yeah. Yeah, Batista, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Uh. See, I like those people. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I, I haven't seen Skyline, admittedly. Well, they need I to be Alex, Skyline cost 10 to 20 million and made 73. Oh, think, fuck. They're I going to keep work. direct again. <laughs> Do you want to know something really interesting? Well, not yeah. interesting, but. Uh, Do you realise Alien vs. Predator actually won something? Oh, Rosemary's. No! Oh, no. Seriously? It was nominated for Worst Prequel or Sequel. And, and it, it, worst excuse for a horror movie, and it didn't win. I want to know. It didn't movie. win either of them. Yeah, no. I want to know what year it won that. But this says it all. This tells you where this film was squarely aimed. It won an award at the MTV Movie Awards for scariest film, best fight. Which fight? To what? The Alien versus the Predator. That's all it says. Right. Okay. What? Let's let's take a quick look, shall we, at the films of 2010 and see what else it was up against. Do you know the only other movie I know that's won that Best Fight Award, and Alex will like this, is um, the Lord of the Rings, the first one, the fight between the two wizards. That's fair enough. I mean, I, I, actually, good filmmaking went into that fight, which is the difference. And you know what? I would rather watch Brain Dead, Meet the Feebles, or Bad Taste than this movie. There Will Be Blood came out at the same time as Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, and there is a better fight in that. It involves a bowling pin. I haven't seen that yet. I keep meaning to watch that. It's, it's good. I drink your milkshake. The Golden Compass came out around that time, and that had a polar bear fight, and that was awesome. That fight, that was. I'm trying to think that there must have been a really awesome film in 2010 that I'm forgetting about. Cause Jesus Christ, Beowulf came out a month beforehand. Oh. And they're not going to count Beowulf versus Grendel as a, a better fight than this shitty, in-the-dark pair of twats. The Golden okay, okay, Compass the had a fight between a monkey and a polecat that was better than the <laughs> <laughs> Right. Inception came out in 2010. Oh, no, this is actually 2007. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I said 2010, but I actually meant 2007. All right. 30 Days of Night came out in October of 2007. That had a fantastic uh, little, very short fight at the uh, end between two vampires. 300 came out that year. Bloody hell. Uh, That one with Michael Fassbender as Stelios. Yeah. Yeah. See, Michael Fassbender makes everything better. He really does, doesn't he? Yes, everything. Yes. Everything goes better with Michael Fassbender. Oh my fucking God. Guess what else came out in August of that year? The Bourne Ultimatum. Oh, you are shitting me. And none of the fights in that were better than the one in AVP. You know what? Fuck MTV. Fuck MTV, you morons. I have been saying that since the early 90s. Okay, one last thing before we go. 
Because this appears to have put the uh, series to bed. Prometheus cost 130 million, made 217 million, which at least means that there might be another Prometheus film before they um, make another Alien film. But I, if it's going to be like this, or the last one, or the second to last one, or the third to last one, <laughs> or anything. I don't want them to make another alien film. They can't do it right. No one can do it right. I want to see it put in the hands of a really talented director who actually has some vision. I will say at least one thing about Alien War. Does anyone remember this? I remember hearing about it. I never went. I, I was at the Trocadero while it was there, but uh, oh. I was too scared. Oh, little Neil. <laughs> I was actually too scared. You know, you were right to feel too scared. To now, be fair, he was probably about ten at the time. Hang on. Um, Midge, how old were you in uh, 1993? Uh, what month? Because I, I, I'm born in December, so technically it was two, <laughs> two if it's before December 1993. <laughs> Ouch. What? Ouch. I was 11, man. <laughs> I was 13, made of sterner stuff than Neil, it would appear. No, actually, in, in all seriousness, I very nearly wet myself. Um, what Alien War was, was conceived by a couple of fellows up in Glasgow, and they put it up in, in Glasgow, and uh, they also brought it down to London to the, and installed it in the Trocadero, and they also had a travelling version of it that would turn up at various trade shows. What it was, was um, you would be taken around a facility that had been done up like, um, kind of like the, the colony on uh, LV426, was it? Hadley's Hope. Um, and it was uh, ostensibly a place where this guy guiding you around would be dressed as a space marine and would be talking all, you know, acting the part and being all like super bustling. And um, they'd take you around, sort of, you know, it would be fairly dark and you'd be like, so they'd be, we're studying aliens here. And then suddenly, cocoon, they cut the power. And you're like, uh oh, and your entire party of tourists who are sort of with you would all start tittering nervously. And your marine would be like, okay, you guys just stay there. And they'd run off. There'd be a lot of banging doors. And then he'd be like, okay, right, you know, we got aliens loose here. And then what then followed was you'd be led out of this facility and around, you know, basically just like through a maze of, of like a factory-style setting with lots of kind of like uh, dry ice CO2 and strobe lights and klaxons and slamming doors. And the best thing they'd figured out was... To them, they put remote control systems inside the gun so that when you pulled the trigger, it made a pulse rifle sound, which would basically sound throughout the actual corridor through the speakers. So it would sound like it was like all around you. And they had little strobe lights on the front of the gun. Now, obviously, if I was watching it now, I'd be like, well, I can see how they did that. But as, if you're a kid, you don't know quite how they're doing it. And so this guy was going absolutely batshit crazy and really acting his ass off. And it's like, the aliens are going to us. And there would be guys in alien suits who would occasionally leap out of the shadows and you'd have to all scurry down the corridor after this guy. And it was fucking terrifying and one of the most exciting things in my entire life. And at the very, very end, he herds you into a lift and he's like pressing the door and the lift door won't, won't close properly. And he's like, oh, what's, what's going on? And then a guy in an alien suit run, leaps through the lift doors, grabs one of your partners, yanks him away screaming the entire body goes Aah! and then you get busted out into the uh, the front of the Trocadero again you're like oh my god now each time when they yanked one of your party away I learned later it was a carefully placed actor but you don't know that when you're going around and you're a kid this was the best thing ever 
And of course, it could only really run for a few years, and, and it could, probably didn't even turn a profit all that much, and was uh, fraught with uh, problems, and the, uh, the pulse rifle things didn't work for the first few months, and they had to use blank firing pistols. And um, then it uh, flooded in 1996, closed down permanently, and then was never reopened in the Trocadero. I think it came back in 2007, and then it came back again without the alien license in 2008. I think possibly because Fox stepped in and said, could you stop doing this, please? Because... Uh, um, various reasons or something like that we want to stop the best thing that's ever been to do with aliens um, let me tell you how much my parents would have not let me do that when I was 12 and uh, here we are inside the base all seems very quiet in here at the moment some might say too quiet you get it, get it! this isn't a game but a real life experience you come here simply to be scared witless Charging through smoke-filled tunnels with gun-crazed marines for protection, it feels exactly as if the monster is closing in. Yeah. You two are responsible for all this, aren't you? Afraid so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, how does the thing actually work? What happens here? Well, people say, that they say is it a game? Yeah. Is, it, is it, you know, virtual reality? What I say to them, this is total reality. Instead of the public sitting in the backside watching a movie, we've taken them right out of the armchair, and they are going to physically be running down these smoke-filled corridors, getting in escape vehicles with the threat of alien coming from above, below. It is total reality, bro. Right, it does feel like that, I mean, just being chased down, but guarded by these magnificent marines, obviously, which has been very helpful. Um, what sort of people came to the exhibition in Glasgow and you would expect to come to this one? We had all ages. Uh, I mean, it's not just for the children, it's not just for the alien fans, because basically I think everybody deep down likes to be excited, likes to be thrilled, frightened, and, and that's why they come here to Alien World. Yeah, I remember we once had the police service coming, and they, I've never seen yeah. anybody come running out as fast as they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's Excellent. So that's who's protecting it. So that's why you had to move out of Glasgow. I see. <laughs> God, Lieutenant, check that. Can you check that hatch? Everybody quiet, shh. Something above us, shh. Come on, pick it up, signals, come on, let's move! Move, 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 You have actually reminded me of something. So I, there used to be a theme park near me called the American Adventure. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's as cheesy and as terrible as it sounds. Okay. I know, because I work there. <laughs> Many, many years ago. Oh, I used to work at Lightwater Valley. Oh, no, we went to Flamingoland. Carry on, Nelson. That's not a real thing. Are you serious? That's a real thing? Flamingoland? Yeah, Yeah, it's a zoo and a theme park all in one. Wow. It was a fun fair that had started to decay. (laughs) Carry on. So, I'm going to say say two words, and I should imagine some of you are going to recognise this. Motion Master. Uh, No. No, no one remembers Motion Master. All right, they had Motion Master at the American Convention. Basically, what it is, think of it looks like a normal, looks like a normal cinema, right? Except if you're strapped into the chairs, into the seats. Oh God, yeah, I remember that now. Uh huh. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Because basically, the, the chairs move, they rock, and violently. <laughs> and it was a very big thing because basically there was a shitty Indiana Jones ripoff, which it had for most of the time, ah. except for one season. <laughs> where they went balls out for this, because um, the, bu- the building that it was in was called Aztec. Uh-huh. 
Don't ask why, but on Aztec it had Indian faces like coming out the wall. Don't ask. Do you know what they put on one of these on one of these faces one year? To, a xenomorph. They put a face hugger on Ooh. because they had aliens. The Motion Master ride. Now, basically, what Aliens the Motion Master ride was, it was you were basically it's from the dropship mm. all the way down in seats that, that I will say again throw you about violently, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're dropped off in the APC. Was and it like model work or yes? Did they use it, bits of the film? Yeah, it was bits of the film and model work that was spot on to the film. Did Hudson say Express Elevator to Hell going down? Oh yes. And Hudson awesome. said he had more because basically it, you, there was part where the characters got out, but you didn't really see that. You, you, I think you're like were meant, to, you're like meant to be the driver. You stay in the APC, so it does the dropship thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, by stomach, <laughs> drops you off. You do the APC, and you're going through these really tight corridors of the power station to the point where you almost fall down a hole, and it stops so the chair just throws you forward, so you're like hanging there. Backs up, goes around the hole, goes a bit further, and then you sort of hear the scene from the movie where they go off and fight and get, well, basically, clusterfucked. <laughs> and they come back. Multi-bucket. <laughs> Multi-bucket, yes. Uh, and then the APC takes off screaming. And But instead, unlike the movie, it falls down the hole that you saw earlier. Oh, nice. So, great moment, because obviously Motion Master Eye. Do you know what's waiting for you at the bottom of that hole? The Queen? Yes. Oh, my God! So you get basically get a chase scene of being chased through the power station... On the in the APC, it was brilliant. But the best bit is during the, the, the where you're bugging out before you fall down the hole, you hear Hudson go, "Guys, what about the hole?" And as you fall down, it is. Nice. It was brilliant. But that 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 one wasn't as scary because, like I said, the, the alien war things terrified me. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad right. I didn't do it. <laughs> Rightly so. It, it was. Um, if anyone's ever been on the London Dungeon then uh, it's kind of like that, but really, the York really bloody scary. Or indeed the York Dungeon. Uh, it's kind of like that, only you don't learn anything, and it's really, really scary. <laughs> but, I mean, I actually dragged a friend to, uh, to, to go in, uh, on it again. Uh, it would have been about 1996, and this was years after I'd already gone on it. I was like, oh, man, you're going to love this. Went all the way to London, all the way to the Trocadero, hadn't called ahead or booked tickets at all, and it had only just apparently flooded and been closed at that point. And it was like... No, it's closed. It might reopen, and it never did. <laughs> but, I mean, we had no internet at that point. I couldn't call ahead. I had no way of knowing what the... There the were no phones. There were no phones. I was, well, I was 15 at the time. And you couldn't work a phone book? Dude. Dude. <laughs> they don't have alien war in the phone book. <laughs> How enough. awesome would it be if they did? <laughs> <laughs> it, it would genuinely be awesome. But, you know, I was a dumb kid, and I think that's uh, been come across quite often. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, that, it, that's it. That concludes the Alien films. I mean, games, if you want to check them out, I will at least recommend Alien 3 on the SNES and Mega Drive. We're going to be using... The music you've been hearing throughout tonight's episode is the Mega Drive version of Alien 3. It's got some awesome 16-bit chip tunes on it, and uh, one of my favourite soundtracks from that era. Neither of them really had any bearing on the movie, but, frankly, they were kind of pinned on that anyway. The AVP arcade game, where you're beating up lots of aliens with predators. That's good fun. Uh, 360 version of Alien versus Predator. Anyone else got any other good alien games? Or indeed Predator games? There isn't. Um, Aliens infestation on the DS. Yes, I will mention that at least. It's good fun. It's a Metroidvania style um, 
uh, Aliens experience, and uh, it does indeed have pew moments with cats. But, uh, yeah, it's actually really tense for a DS yeah. game. And, uh, and yeah. And and quite hard and nerve-wracking. Yeah, another Aliens game that's coming out soon, Colonial Marines, that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, so that, that rounds off the Alien series. Where will it go from now? I mean, I mean ultimately, you're going to have to kind of look to Prometheus to see what's more likely for um, sequels. Uh, it's, it's important to note, if you haven't seen it already, Prometheus is not an alien film. Not really. Not to go in expecting any continuation of that particular story. It's more sort of taking off in different strands. But yeah, that, this would appear to be the, the swan song for the Xenomorph right now. And this is how the franchise ends. Not with a bang. But with a whimper. But with a fart. <laughs> with something that actually hurts your soul. <laughs> so, okay, so I, I want to thank my, uh, my humble, esteemed guests, Neil Taylor of Game Burst. Would you like to plug your show? I'm only going to plug one show this time round. If you haven't done so yet, would you please give a listen to Desert Island Gonzo? Each each show I take a guest, I'm going to send them to an island. They usually abuse the uh, eight items rule, but that's fine because it's kind of fun. Give it a listen then because it's a chance to hear people talk about things that they really love. We've had uh, Josh on. Josh was on the first episode, a fantastic episode. And you've got quite a few people to watch The Wire because of that show. So well done, Josh. And... uh, Coming up, Sharon is our guest, and you don't want to miss that episode. Matt, do you want to plug Dork Tunes? Uh, yes, uh, Dork Tunes, hosted by uh, Gamer Dork. Uh, it's approximately monthly-ish a podcast about gaming music. I uh, usually have an uh, interview with a composer uh, or someone from the gaming world. Uh, yeah, so check that out if you, if you like your video game soundtracks. Leah? Uh, well, I'm currently not doing a podcast um, well not actively doing a podcast but I do uh, write when I'm not being lazy for GamerDork so uh, check that out at GamerDork.net James Minchmeister Perkins uh, yes I am a co-host on Game Burst over at GameBurst.co.uk and I also host my own movie show Geek Quad which can be found at GonzoPlanet.com and soon myself and Alex are going to be reviewing Aliens versus Predator for the 360 uh, in another joint review like our uh, Wrecked Revenge Revisited review. Looking forward to it. Yep. Joshua Garrity? Yes, you can find me at com, where you can find interesting articles and reviews on games and there's also a podcast where we take a game, a couple of games and di- dissect it and really talk about it in detail. And you can also find uh, me on Gonzo Planet doing the animation archives currently working on the second episode hopefully we'll get that out uh, as soon as possible are you allowed to give us a sneak peek of what that one's going to be about it's going to be about my neighbour Totoro awesome wonderful looking forward to that Sharon want to plug Gonzo Planet plug Desert Island Gonzo what is Island Gonzo you already did <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that's, that's, the only thing, that's the only thing I'm on at the moment is Desert <laughs> Island Gonzo um yeah, I, I, Actually, you could plug this because you've been on enough of them recently. Um, but yeah, there's no point plugging the show that I people I was going to say, why would I plug something that they're already listening to? You might want to listen to more of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've sat through all of this, then God bless all of you. Thank you very much.
film in the series. Well, for now. I suppose if Ridley or, or Jim Cameron or someone had a, a wonderful, completely original way of bringing her back and they could guarantee that we would make a, a, a movie of great quality and... Uh, uh, I was just afraid that the longer you do a series, the more it's compromised, and I didn't want that to happen with this.